Oh, football is exciting, isn't it? It is an exciting time of the year in mid-August as we inch closer and closer and closer to the first NFL Thursday and the first NFL Sunday. We are less than a month away from week one kickoff, and we are so excited to continue our summer series here on the Sunday car. Dan Zapata, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silbert, and the producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone is back with us. Love him. Glad to have you back, Lou. It's been too long. It feels like it's been forever. This is the, in my opinion, the longest month of the year to me. Everybody says February after the Super Bowl. This is because there's just such a lull between, like, I feel like summer, hot, heat of the moment, and then everybody's looking forward to fall and football. And this is the time where we're transitioning. You want to say it's the off season, but really it's just anticipation. Everyone's silently waiting. Mm. We're waiting to get back to it. We're watching it. Hard Knocks is here. I saw the first episode. Mm. The other one comes out tonight as we're recording. Um, I'm excited. The family's excited. The Jets are looking good. We just got a new signing I'm sure you want to talk about. I'm sure you want to, you know, dabble oh, yes. a little bit. I know you. your team got a new guy, too. So uh, it, it's good to be back. Hello, fellas. Big name season, Maddie. Big name season getting signed off the, way, off the uh, free agent list. Chess moves, chess moves happening in the AFC East uh, amongst your guys' teams, but yeah, it's it is the anticipation. Like Lou said, it's uh, it's just training camp hype. We're getting uh, we're getting uh, scrimmages, we're getting practice scrimmages between teams. I saw we had a fight in Baltimore today mm-hmm. between them and Washington. So uh, it is constant player hype and holding your breath uh, that no major injuries come out in training camp as well. Because mm. already starting to get again first week of preseason, we had a couple guys and maybe you're, you're you're keeping your eye on for either your team or fantasy that are getting dinged up now are they coming into the season 100 so it's holding your breath constantly for for no major injuries to happen as well at this time of year yeah i had one today mike gasicki went down separated shoulder may not be ready for week one maybe we'll find out so uh it is very exciting let's talk about those two signings really quick before we get into anything dalvin cook to the jets one year 8.6 million dollars uh, a lot of guaranteed. I think his base salary was six million. Basically, and seven. then yeah, seven. And then Zeke Elliott going to my New England Patriots, one year, six million dollars with four million pretty much guaranteed. Some signing bonus and some base salary uh, chucked in there. I love it for both teams. I really do. I think it fits what both teams need. I think Rodgers is really going to love the fact that. Cook is going to be a very reliable, not just explosive player, but pass catcher, uh, I think, out of the backfield. I think we expect Brees Hall to, you know, do Brees Hall things in his second year. He was outstanding before he got hurt. Uh, But I think this gives a little bit more stability to him. And I think in terms of the Zeke signing, I think it's a great RB, too, because we know the pass catcher is going to be Ramondre Stevenson. Lou, I know you mentioned that I had said that that Zeke had kind of bogged down the Cowboys offense. And in some ways he did. I think last year he was still really good inside the red zone and a pass blocker. I think what Kellen Moore does and what Bill O'Brien does is a very different story. I think this will be a nice complimentary back, especially in the red zone where the Patriots were 32nd in the league last year in the red zone. I think it really, really helps them. So I think it makes both these teams really elite at the at the position, and I think we're really going to see when we do the running back rooms this week in the NFL positions ranking show. 
Uh, might see them pop up. I don't know, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, as far as for the Patriots, I think, like I said, Zeke, uh, really good fit for the goal line, especially. Uh, I, you know, I've seen there's a couple tweets going out, uh, out that I think a lot of people have seen that Ramondre, his carries inside of the five, I think it was that converted in touchdowns were only about 25%. Zeke's carries inside of the five last year, he converted at like a better than 50% rate getting into the end zone. So, I mean, that's where he specializes. Uh, I think, it, like you said, it just it perfectly counteracts what Ramondre is good at, really good between the 20s, uh, first, second down back, and third down, you know catching the ball, but when it comes down to short yardage situations, I think Zeke's perfect. And then Dalvin Cook just allows them not to rush Brees off of injury. I mean, he did he, he was activated off the pup the same day that they signed Dalvin Cook. Uh so maybe he's feeling like he needs to get out there, but they don't have to have a super heavy workload for him uh early on in the year and just keep both those guys healthy as long as you can together. And you just got a two-headed monster that I mean both those guys are just as dynamic. I think Cook has more juice left in him than Zeke does, but like I said, for what they need Zeke uh, in, in certain packages and situations, I think he's a great fit as well. Dalvin Cook also coming off an injury with a separated shoulder. It sounds like he'll be back in a week or two um, going into the season, so he should be ready to go week one, barring any injuries. Lewis, you have to be excited. I'm excited. The, the only thing I'm curious about is when we get to the fantasy football episode, the uh, mm-hmm. value of these running backs now, because now we have two crowded running back rooms. Zeke taking away from Ramondre, Dalvin Cook taking away from Brees Hall. Uh, but, we, you know, we'll get to what is that next week we're doing the. Uh... That will do that next week. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. These goal line carries. That's the problem. Definitely for fantasy purposes, Matt. I, I know that's your baby. I, I do wonder how much each running back affects the other. Yeah, I mean, in a in a world where we don't have too many bell cow single back backfields anymore, uh, you just got two, you know, two more of them kind of just got cannibalized there. Uh, I think, especially for Ramondre, when you think about what Zeke is coming in to do, it's to take goal line carries away. So that really feels like it hurts his touchdown upside for Ramondre. But yeah, I think it's definitely going to take an impact on some of their uh, draft positions in ADP. No question about it. Ramondre and Brees Hall were going like right back to back with each other in terms of running back. So. It is going to be quite interesting to see how that plays out. Did you watch preseason? Did you like anything? Did you not like anything? What did you see? Yeah, I watched. I didn't necessarily watch all the games, but I watched highlights of guys that I wanted to see um, how they played. Uh, my my guy, as far as C.J. Stroud versus Anthony Richardson, uh, <laughs> saw a lot. He saw a couple good things out of Anthony Richardson. Uh, and a couple bad things as well, but C.J. Stroud didn't really have the best performance, but he was going against the Patriots who, you know, loves to uh, make a rookie quarterback's life hell. So that's a tough mm. first entry into preseason football. So we got to see how he does. Uh, but as far as the other quarterback, I think Bryce Young looked pretty damn good. Uh, Justin Fields, uh, perfect passing game. Oh Absolutely. my God. Uh, perfect passer rating. Couldn't, couldn't ask for any more out of him. So uh, how many yards did he throw the ball down the field? I believe he had 130 passing yards. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, all of a sudden, air yards is apparently the most important thing for football. Uh, you know, you win the game with most air yards apparently now. So, uh, look, there's playmakers on the Bears. Is all that we found out from that preseason game, oh, and he's not working with uh, accountants and plumbers uh, as his weapons in in Chicago anymore. So, we shall see. DJ Moore, I think, will make them much, maybe not much improved, but I think it'll improve their offense. The screen game might be a big factor. I know about screens. I had to watch screens all last year, Matt. It's not fun. Hey, I mean, 
it's working when you got a lot faster quarterbacks that can run bootlegs and screens. Look, it's a different kind of offense, Stan. I don't mm. think Mac Jones is running the same offense that Justin Fields is. Mm. No, I write about that. There's no question about that one. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I thought the best rookie quarterback, I wasn't really impressed with any of the rookies, uh, except for one. I watched that 49ers Raider game. I thought the Raiders were fantastic. Aiden O'Connell came into that game. I watched that whole entire game. He was money, and Trey Lance was awful. I mean, Trey Lance was like, it's going down his leg, jittery. Couldn't even make like simple read throws that they were giving to him. Kyle was just giving him such easy maneuvers, and he couldn't figure it out. He couldn't take it. He couldn't check out of plays. He his his uh his feet and his arm totally unconnected. Like it, it's really, it's just it's such a fall from grace from a guy that we thought, and I personally thought had the highest ceiling of any of those quarterbacks uh, when he was drafted. So crazy, but I think the Raiders look a lot better defensively, especially. I thought their O line was great. I thought the Browns played really well. Uh, how about DTR is like my new favorite quarterback all of a sudden. Like that guy can scoot. Um, there was a couple of nice performances. Um, for the most part, it was mostly team performances. So there wasn't anybody really specific that jumped out. I thought Jordan Love looked okay. Jordan Love, nice early drive. I, I'm very like honed in on Jordan Love this year to see what he can do. Yeah, I think he's super compelling. Yeah, he was he was what seven to ten, had a touchdown, mm-hmm. um, had had a had a couple decent throws. Um, no, I thought he looked pretty good. And then when I was texting you about that same night, we were kind of again. I wasn't necessarily keeping an eye on all the games, but I was watching box scores and just seeing what guys were doing and then watching highlights. But the, uh, guys that need work, that this is what the preseason's for. And we mentioned it this show. I'm I'm fully, I think you said I'm in the mystery machine with Steve Smith. Desmond Ritter getting no work for the Falcons, as if he doesn't need work to like get ready for the season, is absolutely baffling to me. When I was looking, I, I again checking on all these quarterbacks that are kind of stepping into new spots, all the rookies. Jordan Love and some of these other guys to not see Desmond Ritter's name with it was just so confusing to me. And I just, he could be so bad coming in. Maybe he's, maybe he's doing so well in camp that they don't need to show him off, but man, I don't know. I am keeping my eye on the Falcons uh, quarterback position. I love it. He's Scooby-Doo all of a sudden. And in Atlanta, it's rut roll. Like it's just not <laughs> looking good for you. Like he's not liking it. It's a mystery, man. You are in the mystery machine. I don't know what they're doing. How can you not play Desmond Ritter? I mean, are we gonna push pull the Heineke ripcord at some point here? Like it's gotta happen. I feel like in the season if he doesn't pan out. Um. So a lot of stuff going on throughout the preseason, but we will get to our NFL positional rankings. We're gonna do top five this week. So plenty of stuff to go through in the preseason. We're going to get all through week two coming up. A lot of starters are going to play in week two. So that should be a lot of fun. Okay, let's do it. NFL position rankings. We've gone through eight full divisions. We've done every roster in the league. We know it backwards and forwards and sideways and any kind of combination you can think of. We know it. Let's get into it. This week, instead of four, we're going to do the top five teams that have the best quarterback room, running back room, pass catcher room, defenses, and coaching rooms in the National Football League. And as a bonus, we'll give you the worst because <laughs> that's always fun. And so you know, don't do it when you think. Don't count on this team, right, Matt? Yeah, exactly. And 
there is a lot of repeat uh, offenders in the uh, last category that we might have a few of just the same teams for every single category. I think so. Uh, there were some, there were some heavy contenders for that last category in some of these, but let's get into it. Let's do the quarterbacks. Cause that's where everybody really wants to know who do we really think. And again, in my opinion, and, and I think we've kind of settled on this. I like to project forward and I like to take the whole room into account. So this isn't necessarily us saying, Hey, these are the five best quarterbacks in the league, but those quarterbacks are definitely going to have a lot more pull than, you know, just saying, Oh, I like this backup quarterback. Right. For me, it pretty much is reflecting the top quarterbacks. In the league. Okay. Five. Go for it. Uh, five Eagles. Okay. Four Bills. Number three, the New York Jets. Number two, the Bengals. And a clear case for number one, the Chiefs. I like it. I like it. We agree on a lot. Not everything, but we agree on a lot. Uh, I have the Bengals and the Chiefs exactly where you got them, two and one, but I'll go five through five through one just to have it. Number five, Chargers. Number four with the New York Jets. I went the Eagles number three. And then I put Cincinnati and Kansas City. Now, the reason I put the Eagles so high is, again, if Hertz is as good as he is, I'm kind of projecting forward, and I think he will be, then we're in really good shape. And on top of the fact that even if he does go down with an injury, I think they're in okay shape with Marcus Mariota. So mine didn't necessarily reflect, oh, and I know I'm leaving Josh Allen kind of out of the loop. I think more so I'm very, very confident in Philadelphia to win games, even if Jalen Hurts should get hurt, considering also the fact their competition is going to be probably a lot easier going forward than some of those AFC teams. But I like the Chargers in there too. I like Herbert. I think Herbert's going to have a really good year as well. Yeah, I mean, my, the big debate for me was whether I was going to do Eagles or, or, or Chargers for that five spot. I mean, it's right he's right outside of there. Um Bills, I know you've got problems with Josh Allen. You just no like you've got problems with Josh Allen. I get it. You know, it'd make you sick to put two other AFC East teams in the top five there. But uh, I, again, I don't think you can argue with that. I would bet, again, you probably have the Bills six and I've got the Chargers six. You know, so pretty much agree for the most part of who are the elite of the elite in the quarterbacks in this. Correct. League. That's exactly correct. I would have the Bills at six. Who is the worst team? Buccaneers. It's got to be the Buccaneers. Okay. I, think. I, I, I like, yes, they have three names that you recognize, but it's also just, again, it's just a hilarious group of three names with Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, and John Wolford. Like, that is just, that was pretty clear cut for me. How about you? I went Houston. Yeah. I just do not like, I think that that group is a joke. I mean, CJ Stroud is going to take a while. He's going to take some time to develop if he can get there. I, again, I'm not high on him. Davis Mills is serviceable at best, and then you had to bring in Case Keenum. So it's a very big combination of very young and very old. I think just as hilarious as the Tampa Bay room, to be honest with you. So Houston, still not quite there yet with, with their quarterback. So I want them. Tampa was a consideration. Yeah, I, I shied away from a lot, you know, especially rookies. You know, we always kind of say, like, rookies' first-year head coaches are always hard to, like, put at the bottom sometimes they're there by default like at least i see upside with stroud you know second overall pick like maybe you know he could develop i just feel like the buccaneers got three guys that are just like 
are they going anywhere? Have they already like they we already kind of know what their ceiling is, I think. Mm-hmm. Lewis, just real quick, because we didn't spend so much time on quarterbacks. Is there somebody that we're missing? Like we have the debate, Chargers, Bills, you know, like that type of thing. Like we can describe on that, but those are really five, six. Yeah. I mean, uh, is there anybody we're like not high enough on? No, I, I think you guys are good. Um, Dan, the only thing I wish you would admit is that you're a closeted Eagles fan now. I, oh, I, I wish we would just come to terms with it. Just just let it out. It's fine. We get it. It's okay. We get it. Because Macaroni Jones is never making this top five list, all right? So if you want to put Philly on, just say, I married an Eagles fan. It's okay, all right? Um, I'll say that. I'll say that, but I but week one I'm blue and red all way. Like, that's, that's fine. That's fine. You're a Bills fan. I got oh blue no. and red. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, I, I think you guys are fine with your list. The only one I'm curious is at the end of the year, where does Lamar Jackson fall with the new offense mm-hmm. that he has? That that's the only one because you guys know I love Lamar. Um, but he he's right outside that. If I had to do the same list, he's right outside for me too. I, I don't think he cracks the top five. So yeah, I mean, this is Lamar's chance to prove everybody as far as like his passing ability. Like if he can't do it this year, where they're going to be in a much more fast paced up tempo offense that leans on throwing the ball more, then I think all of the gripes about Lamar, as far as him just, you know, primarily being a rushing quarterback and all sorts of stuff, you have more validation to it. But I, I agree. I think this, he has all the opportunity in the world to prove people wrong. Still not the best wide receivers in the world, but they did add some talent around him. Can I ask you guys both this same question real quick? Mm -hmm. Uh, if you put Lamar Jackson in that Philly offense and you take Jalen Hurts out, does he make this list? With AJ Brown, I, I, I think Smith I think and... considering that considering that he has already shown he can play at an MVP level, the question with Lamar is going to be: Does he have the killer mentality, which I think he does have a lot of it, as well as the durability issue? There's that's something that we really don't have to worry that much. Jalen Hurts' body is in so top physical shape that I really do not worry too much about him getting hurt. Granted, yes, he got hurt at the end of last season, but he, I mean that guy is really. You look at kind of his uh, his persona, his ability, is is his hard work, his ethic, like all those things. Not to say that Lamar doesn't have those things, but I think Jalen Hurts. That's what makes Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts and mm-hmm. helps the Eagles as a team. So Lamar could definitely put up the numbers. I do wonder about the winning time, you know. Okay. All right. No, that's we'll, all we'll see. We'll see how health goes if they keep running that one yard, you know, jam everything at the uh, goal line. So we'll we'll see. Because that's when kneecaps fall off. So uh, yes. okay, yeah. But did you hear on every broadcast last year these squats like 550 pounds, which is a, that's it. Everybody just says about Jalen Hurts is how strong he is. Right. He is strong. He is strong. I, I actually, not just Lamar Jackson, but I think Deshaun Watson as well. Can he get back to this list? I think that is a huge question. I think he, I think it's quite possible that he's got just as good of a chance to do that uh, as Lamar does. If he can get back to his level, we will find out. Uh, running back. Let's do it. This definitely has changed in the last 24 hours for me. Um, and I think we're right there. I think the edges of the five were very difficult for me to put some teams in here, but I'm just going to go for it. Maddie, you tell me why I'm wrong. Number five, Green Bay Packers. Number five. Number four, Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see how that mix goes. Number three, San Francisco. Number two, 
New England, and number one, the New York Jets. I, I, I'm in on both of these, in on both of these running back rooms. I really think the two tandems are good enough to be at the top of, top of the league. Feels like some recency bias to me. Uh, okay, but I, I mean, I did have uh, a, a change. I mean, I starting my list. The Jets did sneak in at five, and I actually bumped out the other New York team, it's the Giants. So I, I bumped them out. Number four, the Falcons. Ooh, I like that. Number three, I have Cleveland. Number two is the 49ers. And number one, I have the Green Bay Packers. Interesting. Interesting. Why? We love the Packers last year as well. You still think that tandem, which, by the way, that tandem had 1,800 yards between them uh, in total scrimmage yards or almost 2,000 yards. That was a really good group. Uh, what about the Packers? I just think that they are two backs that could go to any team and, and be, you know, in a starting position. I mean, A.J. Dillon is the backup in that in that role, but I think a lot of teams would be really happy to have him and have him as a starter right away. Um, and I just think that, you know, Obviously, the talent is pro- or the uh, the offense is probably going to take a downturn this year with less quarterback talent. Um, not a given, I guess, but Jordan Love, you know, should be a step down from Aaron Rodgers. And I think, again, outside of the offense they play, and obviously they might not have as many scrimmage yards this year. But I think the talent of those two guys—they're uh, both really well-rounded backs. Aaron Jones catches the ball a little bit better. Dylan's a little bit better on the goal line and short yard situations. But uh, I, I think they're just two super, two super talented individuals. Hmm. I agree. I think they complement each other really well. I think the Jets are actually very similar to hmm. what those teams can be. I think New England is getting there similarly, but I, with the pass catching and, and kind of in that same vein um, where they're all kind of similar like that. The one I had trouble with leaving off of, believe it or not, it was very hard for me to leave a backfield off the list that included, the, in my opinion, number one or number two running back in the league. And the Chargers, it was just very difficult for me to leave Austin Eckler off this list. However, it there just wasn't enough behind him to incorporate them into the top five. They were very, very close for me getting back in as well. I also love your Falcons thing. I know you're high on Bijan. I think Bijan could be outstanding. So I, I do like that little projection. Yeah, and I think even just beyond that, I mean, it goes a little bit with, I feel like maybe you're putting the Eagles in there as me putting the Falcons in there as far as like the system, like naturally those guys are going to, I mean, they want to run the football. We were talking about how poor we think Desmond Ritter is going to be. Uh, And even beyond Bijan, who, you know, one of the higher running backs we've seen taken and, and, you know, everybody's, you know, 10 years ago, this guy would have been the number one pick in the draft and a talent we haven't seen. They got Tyler Algier right behind him, Cordero Patterson, who's still producing at, you know, his 30 three 32 year mm-hmm. like you know what however old he is now so i mean they have a, a three really good guys in there now i i want to bring up i i can i couldn't leave cleveland off this list because of nick chubb and i know that we agree that nick chubb is i i, I doesn't have the pass catching ability running backs are doing so much more nowadays but as a pure runner he is just i think the best in the league as far as if you need if you need sure. you know three three hard yards four hard yards I don't think I would take anybody beyond Nick Chubb. He has a career. I was looking up. He has a career 5.2 yards per carry on over 1,200 attempts. And like, you know, Christian McCaffrey's a 4.7. Derek Henry's 4.8, who we also left off this list, yes. which is crazy. But again, we just always think Father Time's coming. Saquon's 4.5. So, I mean, have a career 5.2 yards per carry for Nick Chubb. He is just so good. 
I think Nick Chubb, the can, Mr. Consistency, I think they actually will use him as a pass catching back. I liked what they I liked what they did with the uh, Demetric Felton in the first two preseason games they did. I think he's going to contribute as well. I, I think it's a good room. My question with Nick Chubb is taking on that heavy load again. I get very nervous with running backs going into seasons where they had just having 320, 330. Part of the reason why I'm very comfortable with New England is because I thought Ramondre was really going it was really going downhill at the end of the year. He was losing gas. And I thought going into the season, he could have a really tough time late in the year. Adding Zeke Elliott really fires me up for it. Now Chubb is really kind of not necessarily on his own because I think Kelly and Felton and those guys will contribute, but he definitely needs to pick up the load more than he did. And having those kids, the same reason why I'm very skeptical on, on a guy like Josh Jacobs to make it through the year and, and guys like that, you know, I worry about, over usage of those players because Eckler and McCaffrey are so different and they can pass catch. Like I'm all in on that. I think you agree with that in terms of Saquon. That's kind of why I stay away from the guys that yes, may pass catch, but mostly make their hay running between the tackles very consistently. Just too many touches can get, can get there. So that's my concern with Chuck. Talk to me about the Eagles. Is it mostly, is it, is it a little bit because of the style of offense? Because I'm interested, obviously, they add Penny and Swift this offseason. It was very interesting to me, though, that in the first preseason game, those are the only two guys that got work. Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott, I don't think, played any snaps. That might be familiarity with the offense and the system. They've been there for years, and they want to get these guys some more reps in the system. But interesting to me that Penny and Swift were the guys getting work, and Penny got a lot of work uh, through the preseason game, which usually doesn't yeah. bode well for someone who's going to be a main starter during the regular season. That's my concern. I don't think he's – in fact, I think somebody's on the bubble is what I think because Trey Sermon, is, Trey Sermon is also on that team. Like, they are – like, you go through the five. Boston Scott is a lock for this team. Kenny Gainwell appears to be a lock because you hear all the time in camp now that he's getting the majority of first-team reps. So Swift, who I thought looked a lot better than, than Penny, to, in my opinion, in the game, Penny got a lot of work. I think Swift or Penny – Maybe we do see a surprise cut there. But until I do, because one guy goes down, the next guy comes up, they're just filling in guy after guy after guy that you do have to game plan for. I think the Eagles view Gainwell as a Tony Pollard-esque player that could have a breakout year. They just are going to run it different, and we know Hertz is going to be a part of that run game. So they don't necessarily have to rely on running backs as much, but they have really talented ones. That's where I am with Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I think their their idea is let's, you know, get through training camp. And if anybody of these guys, you know, goes down with an injury, that makes our decision for us. But we're going to yes. hold them all as much as long as we can. But, uh, yeah, hard to roster like five, six running backs going into the season. Pretty difficult, huh? Uh, worst running back room. Um, so I, I had Tampa Bay here again. But for argument's sake to not do them, as far as a running back room on a good team, I had Buffalo. Because I know we like that they had, you know, Damian Harris got hurt and Latavius Murray's older, but he apparently is now getting the goal line work in the packages out of, in, in camp now that Harris is, is out. And then James Cook, we like the possibility of him breaking out this year and what he can do. But I, it's just a team that year after year, it feels like we're just like, we know Buffalo is either throwing the ball or they're running with Josh out. Like they just ne- haven't really had that consistent running back room. So I'm not necessarily like, planning for that to happen this year maybe it's should they should be better but as far as like a good team with a bad running back room i would put buffalo there 
Uh, that's an interesting one. I actually really like James Cook. I think he could definitely have a breakout year, so I would probably disagree. I am more on the side of Tampa. Uh, Rashad White, who got a lot of trust from Tom Brady last year. Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn, Patrick Laird. That's a tough room to swallow. Honorable mention also to the Rams, though, because I think the Rams room is brutal. I mean, Cam Akers didn't, wasn't healthy at all last year for the most part. And and after that, it's it's really pulling teeth with Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers. Name that guy. Uh, it, it's tough. So I put Tampa with an honorable mention of the Rams. Yeah, they, they were definitely in consideration as well. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, this will be a topic of debate. Pass catchers. This should be fun. Um, it was This was very difficult. And again, I could be talked into certain teams over certain teams. I thought you made a very compelling argument last week for Seattle over San Francisco. Didn't necessarily change my mind on that, but I'll just go through the list. Five Minnesota Vikings, to me, I think look really good. Four Seattle. Three San Francisco. I put Cincinnati up at number two. I got the Eagles at number one again. I just think that Eagles team is just so loaded in pass catching ability. I really like it. And and you shake your head. I'm and I'm wondering why. They're really good. It, that's it's fine that they're on the list. There's a team that's not on this list. That's crazy. okay. Fine. Uh, uh five here. I have the Chargers. Uh, I like their their full room. Four, I have the Eagles. I agree with you. They've absolutely loaded and talented. Three, Seattle. My love for that room is, is rising. Number two, you don't have the Miami Dolphins on this list, which is yeah, just talked about baffling this. to me. Mm-hmm. And I have the Bengals at number one. Yeah. We talked about this earlier. I said anything outside of Hill and Waddle is there's not much there. There just isn't much there. And that's that's my concern. I, I'm not really concerned about it because those two guys are so good. Yes. Uh, but in totality of a room, I didn't even have the number one in the AFC East, if you remember. So I, I had the Jets ahead of them. So I, I just couldn't justify having them. I think they're right there. I think they're probably, you know, six or seven. Um, but I couldn't justify it just with the huge drop-off. I can't wait. Chris Connolly breakout. You're coming to San Francisco uh, for, for Dan. I just, I, I get, I like San Francisco, but I don't, we said Debo. I mean, Debo is one of the more, you know, the most freakish athletic guys, uh, not as freakish as Tyreek Hill. And I, I like the year that Brandon Ayuk had, but it came at a lot of the time when Kittle and Samuel were out last year um, that he was able to do it. Or when Samuel was, but he, was produ- so. he was productive beforehand. Like, it wasn't like he wasn't doing anything beforehand. Like, not that he had a thousand yards or anything, but he was mm-hmm. getting up there. And, and he is a, you know, he's a weapon. Uh, with Kittle being there, still a very productive tight end. With Debo, Debo, I'm not going to compare him to Tyreek Hill, obviously, but he is a very unique gadget to yeah. use. And I and gadget is a bad term for him because he is a receiver. He is a running back, but he's very, 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 very good at both of those positions. So that's why I have them so high. Uh, did you not have Minnesota Vikings on your list? Because this is more of a protection for me. Yeah, I, I guess that's where, like, I just had a hard time putting where your number two is going to be Jordan Addison, who we just haven't seen play in the league. You know, I, I, well, and I have JSN up there, but JSN has DK and Tyler Lockett and Noah Fan as well. Uh, I mean, yeah, they've got uh, TJ Hawkinson at tight end. They've got KJ Osborne, who is more, you know, the burner. 
Um, and I think he's going to, I think Addison's going to get more touches than that. I don't know. I, I think that was just hard. They would be right outside there. I did have a hard time leaving off Justin Jefferson, you know, from this list, who is the best receiver in this league, uh, even though I don't know. I do think there's a chance we'll get to the next week's fantasy show. I think Jamar Chase could be the number one wide receiver at the end of the year. Interesting. But I did have a hard time leaving. They were probably just outside of that at, that, at six. Um, but again, I, I thought some of these other teams had a better culmination of weapons outside of just the number one guy. Well, I, I mine's more of, again, a projection, not just Justin Jefferson, not just TJ Hawkinson. What I saw from Jordan Addison so far in preseason and so far from what I've heard in camp, I think he looks fantastic. He's the best rookie receiver I have seen so far this preseason and i thought jalen rager i mean don't get crazy on me but jalen rager looked also really good in in his preseason game too so i think they have a lot of speed uh, a lot of ability a lot of guys that can really separate they're going to be a very interesting offense again even with losing Dalvin cook pass catchers there were only two teams on this list for me and it was hard to differentiate um i ended up going with green bay though and that was hard Ooh. for me to do because I like Christian Watson a lot. I like Romeo Dobbs a lot. They just don't have any proven guys after that. And Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, they're not a tide lift in all boats. It was between them and one other team, but I want to know if you put that team there. Well, I'm sure your other team was not. I have two teams here as well. Your other team wasn't the Patriots, even though it very no. well it very well could be. Uh, but Atlanta. Close. They were I, they I, were in I, consideration. Yeah. Atlanta would be the other one. No, I, okay. I it wasn't. My other one was actually Arizona. Um, yeah. I look at them and they are. I mean, outside of Hollywood Brown and what is Hollywood Brown to us? It's not a lot there. It, it's Zach Ertz, you know, <laughs> you kind of got all you got Zach Ertz still trudging down. Point taken. I get. I, I the, the the room especially. I mean, Mike Hunter Henry kept. I would probably put Atlanta as my last one. Drake London, people, that's another talk. You have more fantasy talk, but like people are just protected the Drake London breakout this year. I don't see it. <laughs> like I really don't. Kyle Pitts is what, you know, what can still be done of Kyle Pitts. And you got Matt Collins and Scotty Miller as the other two there. That's a, that's a tough one. But again, my Patriots have just the most hilarious. And, and again, you are reading camp reports of how good Demario Douglas and Tyquan Thornton are going to be. I know we love the Mario <laughs> Douglas, which keeps him out of the store, but Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith, come on. What do you got to say? Those hey. professional. Okay. Can I just, Blue, I know you're going to say something real quick. Yeah. Let's compare the Patriots because there was one other team that I did consider the New York Giants. I mean, they I, look at that wide receiver. That, that's fair. That, that's fair. That Darren is, Waller. Yes, Darren Waller. Name another one because I, I would argue that. They could use a Devontae Parker, a Juju Smith-Schuster, somebody on their team. They have nothing, nothing on their wide receiver core. Not I'm not thing. keeping Richie James as bad, but continue. Uh, Lou, what that, That's a brutal one. I, 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 Dan actually just threw a monkey wrench into what I was going to say because actually I can't name another receiver on the Giants. Um, I know Dan's been the biggest fan of Juju Smith-Schuster his entire oh. career. I know he he's loved this guy. Dan loves Juju. He, he's been the biggest Juju guy since we've started the podcast. You know, he he just absolutely loves him. It never had a bad word to say about Juju. And now he's <laughs> the Pats. And he's all of a sudden. <laughs> I can't wait. If we get Belichick walking in the background of one of Juju's TikToks in the locker room, it's going to be great. He's just going to be walking by with that stoic face. 
And what, what do we got going on here? Nothing hey, for that social hey, stuff. What do you, you on face? Snap, snap face. Will you, will you stop dancing over there? Or can you can you get it together? Get it. Together. Oh my god, I hate it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I hate it. And I will fully admit, I am not a fan of of Juju. Is he probably a little more explosive than Jacoby Myers? Yeah. Like this is not a good receiving core, but it's not the worst in the league. Like it's not. It's not the Cardinals. It's not the Giants. Not the Packers. It, it is though. It, it is as bad as I've seen from the Patriots in a long time, though. It, it is. I'm not used to this. And, and obviously, sure. signing Zeke, they're going to run the ball into the ground. But I, I feel as though, like, I, I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and it's Juju and Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne. It's like it's essentially the same exact team as it was last year. Replaced Jacoby Myers with Juju Smith-Schuster. Same team. Yeah. So maybe it's a little bit better now. So, uh, yeah, that's all. I know all right. Juju. That's all. I just had to bring it up. I know. I know I love Juju. That's the. I do not like Juju, but I'll deal with him. For now. It's kind of the Cam Newton effect. I didn't like Cam Newton. Tell <laughs> my team, I gotta. I have to root for him. Like, come on now. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. We've got to make some sort of bet of Juju. If Juju produces a certain amount of numbers, whatever it's going to be, that you've got to do some TikTok dances. Like, we've got to. Oh. There's got to be some some TikTok bets on the line. That's I cool. have been I have been off TikTok. I have fought it since it's been in, in existence. So it's going to be a real hard. You're going to be shaking your tail feather on that. Not thing. liking it. Not liking it at all. Uh, defense. Let's go to it. There's a lot of good defenses. This was interesting. Um, go for it. It's su- super hard to, to to qualify the best five defenses, especially in something. I mean, we say offense translates year to year more than defense does just with. Uh, staying healthy on the defensive side of the ball is such a huge impact. Uh, number five, the New York Jets made a lot of top five lists this year, which is very new. Uh, number four, I had the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Number three, I have Dallas. Okay. Number two is San Francisco. And number one is the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Okay. We have four or five. Four out of the five? Mm-hmm. Okay. I know I'm just going to get yelled at for my fifth, though. Oh, my um, God. Five, I had the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I All reasons, same exact thing. Four, the New York Jets. Um, and, um, for, again, probably all the reasons you did. Uh, three, you know, we're going to go right back at it again. Nothing has changed for me since we did the AFC East show. I put New England at number three. Uh, two, I put San Francisco and one, the Philadelphia Eagles. There you go. I just, I, we could just, we're going to quote the system. We're going to quote that Belichick gets the best out of his players. And like, I get that at the end of the season, the stats for them might be okay, but I just don't. They're like- not okay. They're very, very, very good. It's not okay. It's number one DVOA defense from the year ago essentially with the same team that actually causes turnovers. Okay. All right. That's fine. I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. How do you feel about fine. Cleveland on that list though? How I do, do like Cleveland. Cleveland? I, think, I, I think it could be a lot shocked. better. I, I agree. I think that they're, but their big problem last year, they're uh, similar to the chargers. Couldn't stop the run. Uh, really good. They've, they've hit on a, a few of their secondary players uh, in the draft. Greg Newsom had a really good year last year. Um, but they add Dalvin Tomlinson and uh, defensive tackle from coming over from Minnesota. They draft uh, Baylor defensive tackle Siaki Ika in the third mm-hmm. round uh, this year. And like I said, I just think that, you know, they've got 
Greg Newsom alongside Denzel Ward and Juan Thornhill in that secondary. Uh, and then they signed Zedarius Smith on the cheap to go on the opposite side of Miles Garrett. So I really like what they did uh, in this offseason. I think they have a really good chance. Just another talk about going to be similar to the Patriots, like want to run the football and play really hard in those defense. Yeah, I think they'll be able to pass it definitely uh, a lot more than, than New England will. But I think that at the same time, my biggest uh, positive for the, the Browns is who they brought in to coach them, and that's and that's Jim Schwartz. I think that's going to create a lot of more aggression for them to be able. They, they might be a little feast or famine because I am a little worried about that secondary. I think outside of Thornhill and, and Ward, uh, there's not entirely, you know, not super confident in the rest of that secondary. That's that's really what worries me. This game is moving so much towards positionless players, and and all five of the teams I feel like on my list do have a lot of that. Where I think is Cleveland is probably going to be a little more traditional, which is fine. They might be really good. I I, I do um, have Baltimore and Pittsburgh right there with them. Uh, I I think that Baltimore, even though losing some of their key guys on the defensive line, they're still really loaded at a lot of positions. And Pittsburgh, I just think, is going to be better. I think they're going to be better coached. I think with with now having two solid edge rushers, I, I that's what I wanted to really put on. The Jets don't have two solid edge rushers. They have eight just really good defensive depth pieces. All the other teams on this list have two really good edge rushers, Lawrence and Parsons, Uche and, and Judon, Bosa, and you name it on San Francisco, Hargraves, uh, we can go on and on and on with them. And then obviously Philadelphia is super loaded on defensive line. That's really what I'm more looking at. And then we we come back to secondary. The Browns secondary to me is maybe just a little bit step back than, than those other teams. Yeah, team I, I had just off my list and, and because of a major injury that happened, but I think Miami, I know that you kind them of, you too. were I respectful for Miami. And mm-hmm. I think Jalen Ramsey being out, which they're saying until like December now, um, I think he kept them just off my list that that was going to be hard. Uh, I mean, like I said, being right behind the Jets, especially. But remember but, they replaced him with Eli Apple. So Eli Apple oh, did yeah, come into play. That's so he's had a couple of good years, but he's also had quite a few bad years in, in his time in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I just, Eli Apple's a name to me that still doesn't, doesn't give me a lot of confidence. Um, in him but yeah i mean i and like you said about the jets too i like they have quinnon williams locking down that middle that middle part of that line and then they just have young guys ready to make impact like ready to make a name for themselves around with uh will mcdonald and, and a couple of these other young guys that they've taken in the past couple of years so i think they're going to get success as a unit uh i totally agree with that there will mcdonald looks great will mcdonald in preseason has looked really good i like him a lot he's a good player and- uh Go ahead. Dead last. Dead last. Dead last. This one I think is easy. You think it's easy? I, I mean, I thought we could work with it, but I look at the roster. I went Houston again. I, I just oh. think they're. I went. They just have enough. Like their best player is a second year corner. There's just not much there to to work <laughs> with, and in comparison to the other ones. But I think I know who you're getting. Uh, so we just did the last episodes. The Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are yeah. are hilariously bad. Like we said, I mean, they lost. The, the amount of edge rushing and, you know, pass rush they lost and did absolutely nothing to replace it. Uh, you know, not replacing 50% of their, their sack production last year. Uh, and I think Buda Baker, I think Buda Baker's a, a prime guy to be on the trade block uh, for someone needing some defense this year. Uh, I don't know what his contract situation looks like if it's too hard to unload, but I think Buda Baker could be on his way out uh, midway through the year. And that's really the only name of note 
um, outside of Isaiah Simmons, who we have differing opinions on uh, from, I think, most of people around the league. Me and you are not necessarily sold on him being a positionless player because he can't do half of the positionlessness in coverage. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. He's not positionless. He's like on an island in the wrong position. Like it's just <laughs> not great. Uh, Cardinals were right there as my number two. I really couldn't decide between them and the Rams uh, again. And the reason the Rams is, and and I know I I probably put the Rams ahead of the Cardinals, but there's a really good argument you make for the Rams to have the worst defense in the league. I know they have Aaron Donald. I know he's a generational talent. They have like forty rookies most of which are on the defense that are currently on a 90-man roster. It's it's like really not good. And their rookies taken in the third round or later because they haven't yes. had any sort of draft picks. Half of those rookies are undrafted. So it's it's really it's re- I'm sorry, probably 3 quarters of them are undrafted. So it's it's really not looking good for the Rams. I think they could definitely be in the bottom of the barrel this year. Okay, coaching. Before we get to that, I wanted to ask you if you got a chance to listen to a podcast that I sent you called The Play Callers. If you haven't, I know that you might have listened to it a little bit. There's five episode series through The Athletic. This really tells the story of where the modern NFL game is based on the coaches that were in the 2012 Washington Redskins, uh, excuse me, Washington football team uh, staff at the time. So, this role derives from either you're a really, really old coach that is stuck in his ways, not necessarily stuck in his ways, but, you know, innovative still and still going and you've been in the league forever, or you're from this tree, this Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan tree. That to me is where the league is. And that is reflected. Both of those two statements are reflected in my coaching uh, top five. So I'm just going to go for it. Number five, Miami Dolphins. Uh, and I think that they did that because, as I've talked about play callers, bringing in Vic Fangio to me is a monster move for them. Um, and if you listen to that podcast, you'll see why. Four, I, I I did this last week. I told you I would put the Rams ahead of the 49ers. My four and three is four 49ers, three Rams um, because of the stability at the defensive position. And again, that podcast also solidified that for me, considering those two with Raheem Morris and McVeigh. And then I think Reed and Belichick are at the top here uh, to me, Uh, especially Reed having Steve Spagnola. Belichick now bringing in Bill O'Brien, I think kind of solidifies him back in. Last year, I way mis-evaluated, you know, that offensive coaching staff, that they would figure it out. I think they have a real offensive coordinator that's been successful as an OC and as a head coach. And I put them at the top. So, yeah, Patriots are at the top. Clear when you say Reed and Belichick. Yes. It, okay, right. I'll make it just clarifying. Um, number five for me, I have the Rams again. McVeigh and Morris. I, I totally agree. I think that's great. And I did listen to. I listened to the first episode. Really, really great stuff. And like, I mean, if other fellow football nerds listening to this podcast, you will love this other one because it's it's really really good. Uh, number four, I have New England out of respect for Bill and the Bill and Bill uh, team. Three is San Fran. Number two, I have Baltimore. Okay. And number one, I have the Chiefs. Why Baltimore, especially with a new offensive coordinator? That's interesting. 
I think I might just be getting really bought into the Todd Monk. I, I think I'm really just buying in and I'm, you know, could work in the NFL, could not work in the NFL. But I, I think that I think he has all the potential to uh, kind of again fit this new age offense. Obviously, he's not from that tree, but I think he can run a very similar kind of um, scheme there in Baltimore. And I just I, may, I might be getting bought too much in on the hype. But Harbaugh, I mean, steady as steady Eddie as can be as a head coach. Uh, in far as managing all three phases of the game, uh, as we know, he was a special teams coordinator uh, coming into this. So uh, I, I just really think that they are a good definition of stability with their head coach. Interesting. Interesting. I do love Harbaugh as a coach. Um, I think it's been a while since they have really been a solidified, legitimate Super Bowl contender. I think they've been competitive and they've had better teams than and some, I think, 2019 especially reflected that, that they just have not figured it out in the playoffs. That is a really difficult thing for them to do. Um, and some of these teams are rebuilding and some of them are not. Um, but at the same time, I think your Baltimore would be my Miami. And I'm kind of getting bought into Miami being, especially McDaniel, I'm excited to see where he takes the offense because I know that He's on the cutting edge. Shanahan's on the cutting edge. McVay's on the cutting edge. Even Matt LaFleur on the cutting edge. Um, I wouldn't put him in this category, but I think you're right. I think Harbaugh and Tomlin and Vrabel and guys like that are all right on the edge for me. You have come a long way, Mike McDaniel. I'll just say I have. Uh, you, you have come a very long way. I did not see Miami on that list for you at all. Yeah. And, and, I know, and, and Uncle, Uncle Vic being in town. I know Uncle, Uncle Vic is. is a huge ad. And, and, for reasons you will see if you listen to that podcast and the guy who really figured out the McVay Shanahan system, it was really him and Belichick learned from him how to beat it. So it is, it is really, really interesting stuff. 32nd in the league. I don't think this is a debate to me, but I think it's Arizona again, Jonathan Gannon. Um, like you say, you can take all the shots you want. I think people in Arizona and fans in Arizona are going to be drinking a lot of shots to get through this season. Yeah, he, he's, I mean, he's right there. But again, if we were to pick one of benefit of the doubt, hasn't actually done it as a head coach this year and head coaches that do have experience, um, I have Las Vegas, but uh, you know, <laughs> Arizona, okay. Las Vegas, you know. Okay. Right there. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know what we do better than anybody else is troll each other and somehow stay friends. That's just trying to balance out all the New England bias on this podcast, you know? Oh, my goodness. I thought it was Philadelphia. What happened to Philadelphia? I thought it was Philadelphia bias. It's both. Like, it's both. It's whichever one tickles the fancy this week. <laughs> it's whichever That's one. the only reason. He, he, yeah. put Jonathan, he put Jonathan Gannon there to be like, oh, I don't like the Eagles that much. He came from, you know, the, the Sirianni <laughs> coaching tree. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, next week, we're ne- next year, we're doing GMs because Howie's going number one. Then, well, then you can talk about it. Okay. That should that should oh, be goodness gracious. All right. Interesting lists. Uh we'll see where it ends up. Next week, fantasy show. Maybe a little fun. Maybe a little uh mock mock draft, possibly. I think we're talking about that. We're definitely gonna be giving out some targets, some strategy, uh, mm-hmm. some talking about picking at different spots in the draft. You know, I don't know if we're going to do a 10-team, 12-team. I think 12 teams are popular. Our, our league that we have running a while is 10-team, but we could maybe do a little uh, picking from between one and three, picking four to six, picking 
seven to nine and 10 through 12. I think we can maybe do something like that and, uh, and give the people some good, some good content and some sleepers, some targets. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the best part of the fantasy season, one of the best parts of the football season is just getting that draft, getting your team, getting your guys, just going out and getting your guys. I think we got to have a list of our guys too, that you just, you can't leave the draft without. I have so many guys Mm -hmm. on that list. It's especially in those late 10 to 15 round. Like I have a couple of guys that I want to take a shot on. So that's, Lewis. That's, that's where the money's made. That's where you're you're getting the breakouts. Yes, absolutely. Hey, this Lewis. Yeah, Dan, this is my favorite show of the year. This is where when draft day comes, I get to snipe all your picks. I get to take all your guys. Dan knows somebody that went to Ole Miss that I've never heard of before. And he's going to be a breakout star. I, I, this is the best. This is the best. Every time we do this show and then we do the draft after, Matt gives me that dirty glare from across the room of you, mother. You took my eighth round wide receiver rookie that nobody knew about. Yeah, this is great. I love this. There's one guy I'm not, I'm like going to not be able to contain myself talking about my excitement for him. And I know he's going to Lou. I just know he's going to Lou in the draft. Mm. Because you probably already like him. I'm sure you're already keeping your eye on him, too. I already know who it is. He's got too many many similar opinions. And it's just a guy I can't stop taking in mock (laughs) drafts. Every single mock draft, I get this guy. And there's no way it comes true. Uh, We're not talking about this now. It's a tight end. It's a tight end. It's a tight end. end. I have a tight end, too. Oh, shoot. We might have both tight ends. Yeah, I know. I'm interested in this. I take them every time. I know who it is. I can't wait. I can't wait. King Kamish keeping his keeping his lips very, very tight because he knows. Until next week. <laughs> Until next week. Until next week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for our NFL positional rankings. That's where we feel going into the season, how we feel. We will see how it all turns out in a couple of weeks. But for Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, and for Lemon Pepper, Blue Paracon, I'm Dan Zampano. See you next week for Fantasy Extravaganza on the Sunday Conference. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.